Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. So in this episode, in going through my massive collection of uh, Masonic paraphernalia and periodicals, I found the November 1998 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA, and this is a special issue on family life. So I will be sharing three or four of the articles out of this particular issue. So the first one is just called Family, written by Jim Tresner, 33rd degree Grand Cross. And it starts off with a subtitle, as we think about the importance of family values, it is good to remember that Freemasonry does not just support and celebrate the family, Freemasonry is family. Blood is thicker than water, one of my friends remarked a few days ago, but mortar is thicker than blood. That's true, another friend observed, but I'd be careful where I said it. In many ways, it is true. One reason, I think, that Masons support family values so strongly, almost ferociously, is that we are members of an extended family, and it is a very close one. I've lost track of the times Masons have told me that they are closer to their Masonic brethren than to their biological brothers. I'm lucky my brothers are also brethren. I could not honestly say that my Masonic family was closer than my real family. My real family is very close, but the ties to my brethren are every bit as strong. A couple of years ago, I wrote about the support from my Masonic brethren when I had to have a knee replaced. About a week after the surgery, the Scottish Rite Bodies of Guthrie, Oklahoma, had a reunion, and I had to act in two of the degrees. Nearly 300 of us live in the temple during a reunion, and I literally could not dress myself, much less make a costume change. It is a humbling experience when two of your brethren have to help you dress, but if they had not been brethren, it would have been humiliating, not just humbling. That's merely an example. The point is that Jimmy and Greg, and Tim, and John, and Clay, and Bob, and Max, and George, and Joe, and Bill, and the others are more than just friends, they're family. We often have keys to each other's homes and vehicles. We call each other, sometimes in the small watches of the night, because we need to hear a friendly voice or just unload some of the day's junk. We don't want to impose on family members. As one of the guys, a member of AA said, 10 minutes on the phone with a friend beats a stiff drink any day, and I should know. There are no invidious distinctions, nothing but our common bond in masonry matters. One is a past Grand Master and a 33rd degree. Some have black caps, some red, some white. Some are professional men, some are laborers. We aren't even conscious of those distinctions. Not that your Masonic family will cut you much slack, at least in some matters. When the Supreme Council awarded me the Grand Cross, easily the highest honor I will ever receive, the guys pointed out to me that it was a triumph of charity over justice and sympathy for the mentally handicapped over merit. Clearly, helping me dress is only one way they have of keeping me humble. But they also bought me a white cap box and put a blue racing stripe on it to make it into a Grand Cross cap box. Unconditional trust, that is so very rare in the world and it is what my Masonic friends and I share. We share an absolute, unshakable certainty that none of the others could or would deliberately do anything to our disadvantage. In many cases, we are in each other's wills as guardians of children or administrators of estates. Being with each other is a recharging experience. 
No matter how bad things get outside, you can always make each other feel better inside our share for internal bonds. Does that make us family and all of Masonry and extended family? I think it does. We speak of family values of honesty, love, respect, and self-respect, a willingness to see others do better than ourselves, an eagerness to see them successful and happy, a set of shared memories of both happy and sad events. Psychologists tell of the instant bonding when the father is present at the birth of his child. Sociologists tell us how the family is strengthened as they face both trials and triumphs together. Family therapists tell us that a sure sign of a healthy family is a desire to share what they have with others. And what father has not felt closer to his son when perhaps late at night the son finds him and shares with him some painful or joyful experience of the day? But that is masonry. We teach honesty and love and respect and self-respect and a willingness to see others advance further than ourselves, not just as abstract values, but as the ways masons are to feel about each other. We share both happy and sad memories. If being present when a friend is raised to the degree of Master Mason is not quite literally being there at his birth, is very nearly the same thing. We face trials and triumphs together. We are taught to share both our time and our resources with others, and many of us have been privileged, under the promise of the confidentiality of the obligations, to have our brothers share their secret hopes and their deepest fears and disappointments. It is surprisingly difficult to write about this family aspect of masonry. The words seem cold and far from the glowing emotions I want to describe. It may take a composer or a painter to capture this feeling, this tie, fragile as the worn leather binding of a treasured book, tough as the steel prow of an icebreaker which binds the Masonic family. But as we think about the family and the role and importance of family values, it is good to remember that Masonry does not just support and celebrate the family. Masonry is family, and we are truly brothers. This next article is from the same issue and is called The Family of Man, written by John R. Horton, 32nd degree. The principles of Freemasonry can help us reclaim all but the most reprobate of criminals, for they, too, are part of the family of man. For the past 20 years, as a probation and parole agent in rural Wyoming, I have been working with criminals, alcoholics, and drug addicts, the outcasts of the family of man. A few of these people are really dangerous and need to be separated from society, but most of them don't want to be criminals, alcoholics, or addicts. In addition to leading the world in the consumption of illegal drugs, America now leads the world in the number of our family members we lock up. We love to send our troublemakers away, place them in concrete and steel cages out of sight and out of mind. Unfortunately, this system is not working for a number of reasons. Almost all prisoners come back home, some very soon, others much later. But what good have they learned being locked up in an artificial world with the most negative, most antisocial peers we can find as neighbors and roommates? We have lived with the self-destructive myth that nothing works in corrections. We have lived with empty political promises that locking up more of our brothers and sisters will make a safer world. Actually, there are many things that work, or at least help. Treatment for drug and alcohol abuse works rather well. It does not work every time, and it may not work the first time. But every one of the hundreds of people I have seen go to treatment for alcohol or drug abuse benefited from it to some degree. The new cognitive behavioral programs also work. What that means, in plain language, is teaching people to think. Thinking precedes behavior, and it is the behavior, the stealing, the assaulting, the drug dealing, that is the problem. By teaching offenders better ways of thinking, bad behavior can be diminished. 
In Wyoming, we are now using such a program, one that originated in Canada, and the results are promising. Still another thing that works is probation. Probation is guidance with structure. If done correctly, probation can encourage people who are doing what is right and discourage by sanctions people who are doing what is wrong. It is certainly about values and improving character, as is the Scottish Rite. But all of that takes time and relationship building and role modeling, and with 200 cases, it is not possible to have much positive impact. I now have 11 intensive supervision cases, and finally, after 20 years, I feel like probation is working. So there are many things we can do with offenders instead of, or in addition to, locking them up. And there are numerous ways these American outcasts are part of our family. First of all, every one of them has a mother and a father. The fathers are often not around. The mothers usually are. I have been in courtrooms with mothers and shared their sorrow as a child is sentenced to prison. They are also part of the family of community that each of us belongs to. Any child who has been at my home as a friend of my kids is my child. Any boy or girl who has been on my baseball team is my child. Any child I even see as a stranger in this town is mine to protect and defend just because I am an adult in this community. It is a popular saying that it takes a whole community to raise a child. We need to get better at doing that in the next century. We also need to keep raising them when they are 20 or 30 or 40 and probably not so cute anymore. And finally, our criminals, addicts, and misfits are part of the family of man. The Scottish Rite has long respected cultural and religious diversity and taught us to love one another. I believe we need to expand our vision of brothers and sisters to include the bad guys. And that bad guys is in quotes. Some of them, probably 5%, are so self-centered and hateful that they do not want to belong to any family. But many of them do not believe they would ever be accepted by the large central core of responsible citizens to which we belong. And that is where we can help, by supporting them, encouraging them, and accepting them as the family members they really are. This next article is by John A. Caton, 32nd degree, and is titled, What Does Masonry Offer the Family? Masonry offers a brother's family a man made better by the craft. For many years, the fraternity has gone to great lengths to provide involvement for the families of Freemasons. The lodges and valleys have had some success at family nights as well as other projects. This has brought many families together that might not otherwise have had the opportunity to become acquainted with Masonry. These occasions may include potluck dinners, widow's nights, Masonic pin presentations, and sometimes special musical, seasonal, or other exceptional events. But what is Freemasonry given to the wife and children of the Master Mason? The obvious answer is, a man changed for the better because of his involvement with the craft. And one of the major benefits of that is in the way he treats his family. As a Mason comes to understand and live Freemasonry, he becomes a more positive influence on everyone around him, including his family. Most Freemasons don't explain the teachings of Masonry to their family because they are worried that they might inadvertently disclose some Masonic secret they have been mistakenly taught exists. One example is the working tools. They are not, and never have been, esoteric, and yet many Masons treat them as if they were. The square, level, plumb, and compasses have been widely used as teaching tools for centuries, yet we, as free and accepted Masons, do not communicate their meanings to anyone, much less our families, for fear that some non-existence boogeyman will strip us of our membership in the fraternity. I'm not suggesting we explain everything about the degrees of Masonry to our family members and friends, but I do think that we need to take a long look at what is esoteric and what is not. 
As we prepare to take masonry into the new millennium, more and more people are looking for answers to why masonry is so important to its members. The real secrets of our craft are not in its ritual, but in the hearts of each man who diligently follows the teachings of Freemasonry. So the next time members of your family ask, what is masonry? Don't be afraid to tell them what it is and what you get from being a member of the world's oldest fraternity. That is not a secret. And this article is called, When Your Husband or Father is a Mason, also by the Masonic Renewal Committee of North America. Through shared experiences and values, masonry bridges gaps between family members by bringing them together in the Masonic fraternity. In our fast-paced world, where pressures on time become greater and greater, there are all too few times when fathers can share quality time with their sons. You probably have memories of those moments of sharing when the pace of living was a bit slower. Perhaps your father taught you to drive, or hunt, or fish. Maybe you have a memory of a spring afternoon when the two of you went out into the yard and threw a baseball back and forth, or a little league game where you were on a team he helped to coach. As boys grow into men, unfortunately, the sharing opportunities grown even more rare. As a young adult, you move out of the family home, establish a life and family of your own. There are fewer and fewer chances to share things with your father. Differences in age and changing times mean communication sometimes grow even more difficult. But there's one thing you can always share with your father, no matter how much time or how many miles may separate you, Freemasonry. At the turn of the century, almost every man's father was a Mason, as with his father before him, and his father before that. This tradition can be traced all the way back to the Middle Ages. It was only natural. Every man wanted to pass his wisdom, his knowledge, his experience, his good reputation on to his son, and Masonry was one of his most treasured experiences. It was easier back then. We all lived in the same house, or at least in the same town. Leaving town for a new job was an uncommon opportunity. The family was closer. Fewer things got in the way of family traditions. By the middle of this century, as the pace of life quickened and families moved apart, centuries-old traditions were stretched, often to the breaking point. If your father is a Mason, he may not have talked much with you about the fraternity. Many fathers are not sure what they can say or how to say it. If you ask, you will probably find that they, that not only your father, but also your grandfather and your uncles are or were Freemasons. So why didn't they ask you to join? One thing is for sure, not because they don't want to share their love of the fraternity with you, or that they weren't very, very hopeful you would join. There's a strong tradition in the fraternity that you don't ask people to join. You have to ask to join. It's part of a Mason's obligation that he can't ask you to become a member. In keeping this promise to the fraternity, sometimes that gets scared a little too far. This practice of not speaking about Freemasonry is really more tradition than any attempt to keep anyone from learning about Freemasonry. Masons once treated Masonry as a secret society. It was the popular thing to do. The secrets were simply ritualistic, of course, but it did mean that a man had to learn about Masonry by growing up with it. Fathers seldom talked directly with their sons about Masonry. But it's a rare Mason who does not hope in his heart that his sons will join the craft. There is a special bonding among Masons, a special feeling which comes from having shared the same deeply moving experiences, honoring the same ideals of truth and charity and brotherly love. It's a good feeling, and when that feeling is added to those which naturally exist between father and son, well, those of us who have been there can tell you there's nothing like it. And that's true of Masons who move from one town to another, and for those who don't visit a lodge for years at a time. Masonry isn't something which happens in the Lodge, it happens in the heart. That's why the tradition of joining Freemasonry runs so strongly in millions of families. 
Unfortunately, in these modern times, there's often a time or communication gap between father and sons that's hard to bridge. Many fathers find it hard to be with and to talk to their sons, much as they would like to. Freemasonry bridges that gap by bringing fathers and sons together in the fraternity and through shared experiences and shared values. A family's involvement in Freemasonry can go beyond the father-to-son relationship. There are Masonic youth organizations for the children, including opportunities for both boys and girls. These organizations offer Masonic values designed to support the strong family values parents should have already instilled in their children. They offer special programs that focus on the needs of youth, including social, athletic, and self-awareness programs. There are organizations for adult women, including Eastern Star, a world-class organization for women to which Masons may also be members. But Freemasonry is foremost a fraternity for men. As a result, every father hopes the day will come when he will stand with his son just as his father stood with him as he was welcomed into the craft. Talk to your father about becoming a Mason. Ask him what the fraternity has meant to him and what you will be able to give and get by belonging to and being active in Freemasonry. He'll be happy to get you a petition or surprise him. Find another Mason, submit the petition, and then let your father know what night you're to receive your first degree. Freemasonry. It's something for the whole family. And this last article is written by the Masonic Renewal Committee of North America, and it is titled, Your Family Can Play an Important Role. Men who are Masons get a lot out of their fraternity. They get a chance to make new friends, do worthwhile things in their community, and improve themselves as human beings. They have opportunities for ethical, moral, and spiritual growth. They have a support system in times of trouble, and they have a chance to be with other men, do things together, and to talk and share their ideas and goals. But our families get a lot out of masonry too. You may not be aware of all those benefits, but it's good to know them. Sometimes they can make a real difference. First of all, there are lodge activities for the family. We know that a mason's family is the most important thing in his life. We wouldn't respect him as a brother if it weren't. So lodges and other Masonic organizations plan activities in which the entire family can participate. There are picnics, dinners, dances, and social events of all kinds. The type of activities vary as the needs and interests of the people vary, but all Masonic organizations share a common commitment to the family. It's good for everyone for families to do things together and with their friends. Secondly, there are the Masonic youth organizations. The pressures on young people today are immense, far greater than those when most of us grew up. Drugs, crime, violence, AIDS, none of those was a major problem 20 years ago. Oh, most of them existed, but the vast majority of the young never encountered them on a day-to-day basis. Now, there are very real threats in the everyday lives of most young people. Young men and women today live in a tough time with many temptations and unbelievable peer pressure. Organizations for young people sponsored by Masons give your children an alternative, an opportunity to belong to a group which teaches leadership skills, social skills, and self-respect. For boys, there's the Order of Demolay. For girls, the Order of the Rainbow. And for girls from Masonic families, Job's Daughters. All three organizations teach the highest ideals of honor and respect for truth and charity. When the drug dealers are on the streets or around the playground, it's good to know that there are Masonic organizations promoting healthy ideals and goals. Third, there are organizations for wives too. The Order of the Eastern Star provides the same kinds of experiences for women as Masonry does for men. So does Amaranth, the Social Order of the Beausant, and the White Shrine of Jerusalem. Not all are organized in every state and province, but at least there is one waiting to serve women who want to join with other women and share similar ideas and values. 
In a strange town or foreign city, help is as close as the nearest mason. All you have to do is find one. Look for the square encompasses on a ring or pin, or look up the number of the local lodge in the telephone book, usually under the heading of fraternal organizations in the Yellow Pages. Make yourself known as the wife, son, or daughter of a mason, and you'll get all the help you need. Masons from the Arctic Circle to the South Pole have all promised to give you that help. Fourth, your town benefits from Freemasonry too. Masons do many things to make their own communities better places in which to live. It takes many pages of computer printout to list the local projects in even one state or province in which Masons are involved. Such things as highway and street cleanup programs, Christmas baskets for the needy, eyeglasses for those who cannot afford them, support of anti-drug and anti-alcohol programs in the schools, buying supplies for teachers and classrooms, giving volunteer time to services for the elderly, the list goes on and on. But all these things make your town a better place for you to live. Masons care. We care about our own development as men and Masons. We care about our country. We care about our individual face. We care about the poor, the sick, the helpless, and the hopeless. And especially, we care about our families. We care about our wives as independent, equal partners in life. We care about our children, not only because they represent the hope for tomorrow, but as growing, developing individuals who must be given every possible chance to be everything they can be. Yes, Masons get a lot out of Freemasonry. Brotherhood, growth, support, strength, confidence, and so will you. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.